Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 16, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First and foremost, there were a lot of issues going on with some of the trading platforms. Half the country, the United States, is frozen over. I'm not saying that directly impacted the trading activity or directly impacted the price movement on the charts. However, what I will say is we're focused on the third week in February. That's this week. Now, we're not looking for a frost. That's not the point. The point is we're going to begin looking for weird stuff to happen, a change in character in either the political climate, the geopolitical climate, the financial climate, the economic climate, the employment climate, the conflict climate. And it doesn't have to be directly related to the U.S. at first. We're just in the awareness camp I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know that anything will happen. We're focused on the third week in February because we should see a change in character emerge. When we see it, we'll know it. Another awareness. Can we see a blow-off top before a change in character that might come with a corrective move in the market? And the answer is, sure we can. We can see a blow-off top. Think about where we are. It's ES. 39.25, 39.30 around today's end of the day activity. SPY 392 and change. So we're talking about a stone's throw away. And by the way, the futures high was around 39.50, give or take. So guess what? We're not that far away. We're a stone's throw away from another or the next big fat round number. So the awareness part of it is absolutely we can have another day or several days of perpetual northern activity or aka a blow off top. On the flip side, we can also wake up to a huge gap down one day. We can have an intraday reversal. Any of those things are possible. We have no idea what's going to emerge. We have to have the awareness that we're on the lookout for something to emerge, remember, we're looking for a top. Did anything happen with today's market, today's activity? They peeked their head above into no man's land, made a new high, closed below Friday's closing price. Is that ultra important? No. The market has been eating time off the clock for several days around these new highs. There's not a lot we can do with that until and unless we see one of two things happen. They continue to move higher. They have a blow-off top. Or they change in the other direction. We have a change in character, a shift in the market, and we start to see the market break some important prices on the southern side. Right now, on the daily chart, it's nothing other than a chop shop grinding higher. The trend is your friend type of market. So we have to look at a couple of things. The big picture is there's nothing wrong with the tape. The market's in an uptrend, and absolutely nothing is wrong from a technical perspective. However, my contention is we're getting into an important time frame. Time is more important than price. So if, in fact, I'm right, and we're getting into an important time frame where my expectation is the culmination of something is coming, 
The culmination may be a culmination of a top. We just traded up into the third week in February. We talked about this a number of times over the past several weeks. That was one of the things that we had to watch out for. So here we are. So we're still on the lookout. Doesn't mean we short the market, go all in. That's not the point. What do we do? We wait for a sign and signal of a trend change. Why? Because that gives us something to trade against. If we can identify a character change in the market, maybe it's a top from an intraday reversal perspective. Maybe it's another sign or signal of a trend change. Where do you find those? You find those in the course Lazy E-mini Trader. When we see one of those, they give us something. What do they give us? They give us something to trade against, which means the high of that particular sign or signal, generally speaking, it would be the high of that day or that candle, whatever it is, that's our bogey. That's where we have to cut and run if the market goes the other way and pushes through that high. That's what it means to have something to trade against. Whether we have a blow-off top first or we have a failure imminent, either way, my expectation is the market will soon cross over what we'll call the Rubicon. What do we have on the daily chart, for example? This is the intraday hourly chart of the SPY, and we have one of those bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of things that is actually playing out or materializing in the southern direction or what it should do. What this chart tells us is the completion of this pattern doesn't mean it has to be a low, just the completion of the pattern that's on the screen is around home base. Or this pivot low over here from what? The low of day, low of today, which is right around 391.50, give or take. We're jumping around a little bit. We go back up to a 240-minute chart. Do we see anything material? No. The trend is your friend. There's nothing wrong with the market above all the moving averages. They're just grinding higher, very similar to the daily chart, almost the same. 120-minute chart. We do have that reversal candle from the first candle of today. However, high on the chart above all the moving averages, these reversal candles tend to be ignored or taken lightly, if you will. The more dominant thing is the uptrend. So when we see a reversal candle on a shorter time frame chart, and yes, a 120-minute chart is shorter time frame, depends on what you're comparing it to. Compare it to a weekly or monthly or even daily, and yeah, it's a shorter time frame. And guess what? The trend is up on all those time frames, so the trend is very dominant. That's why the pull of the market is always up until we see that character change or we cross over the Rubicon. One of these candles, one of these times, one of these reversal candles, one of these days the buy the dip crowd will get a series of pies in the face. That is all coming. It's just a matter of when and how it unfolds. You have to be like a physician. You have to have a lot of patience. What about inside the numbers? What we'll do today, like we always do, is take a look at the pre-market commentary. We'll take a look at the notes, the commentary intraday. We'll come back to Stocks on the Move, take a look at that list, go back to some charts, take a look at what happened, so that you can see this is an open book in terms of inside the numbers. Earlier in the day, pre-market, they were pushing up, they were halfway in between two big fat round numbers. 
ES 3900 and 4000. So we start talking about 4000 because we know that these big fat round numbers become magnetic. The closer price gets, the more they get drawn into those numbers or at least close to those numbers. So these are the early thoughts, the pre-market commentary. And in the pre-market, we're waking up to a post-holiday weekend, quiet market. They're still pushing higher. We just want to wait and see. We have no choice but to let them open the day, wait and see what happens. So we're moving right along. Now, before the open, we put up some other stuff on the board. The gap left open from Friday is 392.64, give or take. It depends on what chart you're looking at. If you're looking at a daily chart versus an hourly or a 10-minute chart, for example, you may and likely will find different prices for where that gap actually is. That's why sometimes some of you have a scratch-your-head type of moment saying, hey, where did that gap come from? Where did that exact number come from? And I get some emails on that topic, and that's the answer. You know the routine. This time we have a 10-minute chart for no reason whatsoever. I just like to mix it up sometimes. 392.64 is the horizontal line running across the screen. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see what happened. Early in the day, they came down to run a test of that number or in the vicinity of that number. They pulled up short and they traded away. That was the trade we're looking for. Next time down, it's not the same trade, although they gave you something. They just didn't give you the same type of reaction from that area. And then you can see later on, they actually came back down. And that's why we stay away from what I like to call sloppy seconds. Then in the afternoon, they did trade in and around that price level all day long. A reminder, what was that? It was the gap left open from Friday. That means it was Friday's closing price. Friday's closing price is important because the bulls are going to struggle to close above and the bears are going to promote the idea of closing below. Hence, you have a good old-fashioned bull-bear battle around that zone. So we knew about that zone early in the day. QS was one of the stocks on the move. We'll get back to that list a little bit later. And what I'm saying here at 941 is the only thing of interest, meaning from a trade perspective at that time, was 392.70. few pennies on either side of that gap. That was the number, 392.70. They did pull up short. You can see the low in this candle here was 392.82, short by 12 cents. Nice rip in the other direction. Remember, everything's always headed for a destination. Can you find the destination? That's the $100,000 question. So we're moving along, and not much else to talk about in the morning session as we know the routine on the miss. They came up short of the gap and bounced. That was the trade. Only Trick and Company decided to come up short next time down. It's not the same trade. And we're moving right along. If they were going to do the thing and push up to the early morning pre-market highs, that was the spot. Moving along, then we had problems with TradeStation. Problems across the board. I know many traders that had issues with TradeStation. I got many emails. I have friends on TradeStation, the whole nine yards. It wasn't everybody all at once, which was interesting. It was groups of people. A whole group would come back up and the next group would go right back down. So we're moving right along. So almost 11.30, my platform did come back up at that time. Put a late morning potential opportunity on the board. Didn't come to fruition. Came close. But if I see it, why not? 11.30, what's the next area of support under the gap and under current price? 391.40 down to 391. 
And again, they did the same routine. The low of day, I believe, was 391.53. So they came up short first by 12 cents and then by 13 cents of my number. So my number today happened to be incorrect. That's the way the cookie crumbles. This is what happened at 391.53. And I believe, yes, that was low of day, 391.53. Nice rip away from that spot. Sometimes we get them on the nose. Today came up 12 and 13 cents respectively short. So we're moving right along. And here again, they bounce before the area, yada, yada, yada. So what we'll do here is we'll run out the notes. You can pause the video and then go back to the charts, double check the work, read the notes, see if this is information that could be of value to you during the trading day. There is opportunities to learn in here. There are specific numbers in here. There are specific, here's the trade in here. Depends on the situation, depends on the day, depends on what's happening in real time. Stocks on the move. We'll take a look at two charts. One is for a learning opportunity. The second is to show you exactly what happened and for a learning opportunity. We'll take a look at NRG and QS. NRG jumped the first target or the only target in this case and QS had a quick trade and we'll see what happened over there. NRG getting a haircut at the opening bell. We had a number on the board of $40.67. So here's the point. The opening print today was $40.65 below my number so what happened it never actually got above except right here just for a few seconds above the number was never able to close any candles above that number that number was either a make it or break it that was why there was one number on the board there's always a method to the madness it was either that number or forget about it open below we don't want it. See you later. Bye. On to the next opportunity. And you know that number was important by looking at the chart after the fact because they fought to get back to that number, couldn't close back above it, and fell back away. What does that tell you? Tells you that number once broken, once was supposed to be support. However, what they do, they gapped below it, and then it became resistance. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. You get to see it in real time. How about QS? Two numbers on the board, 5217, 51.12. Now, a couple of things of note. We're going to go look at another chart so you can see what happened at the opening bell. But one thing we also want to note is look what happened after the closing bell. This thing's up at 55 bucks. The support area was 52 to 51. And you saw the notes from the commentary inside the numbers. At 52.17, it comes in there, spikes it through, find some stability and gives you the base hit opportunity. Here's a high of $52.98. That does the minimum requirement for a base hit. You never know which ones are going to go on the rocket rides. We see them all the time, but you don't know ahead of time which one's going to be the one. So we paint by the numbers and you have to take some money off the table when it gives you the base hit. Technically, the second price gave you also a base hit. So technically speaking, you got a twofer at a QS. Just for kicks, Palantir melting into the end of the day, 26.95. They almost did it into the end of the day. It wouldn't have counted. However, just for informational purposes only. How's the IWM doing? Interestingly enough, we can make hay or nay out of this chart. So they're high on the chart. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend, all that stuff. 
They're also pretty far extended from home base. Looks like they're starting to come back toward home base or at least go sideways, allowing home base the time to creep up to where price is. You know the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, so we have to take note of a couple of things. So the SPY finished within a margin of error, but almost flat on the day. But the IWM finishes not down 1%, down three quarters of 1%, seven tenths of 1%, down $1.60. Now it's not too big on a $225 stock, but it is of note, it is my favorite market leading indicator. Therefore, I have no choice but to put it as a puzzle piece and put it on the table. You look at the weekly chart and this begins to have the appearance of a blow-off type of situation. And here's the monthly, same routine. You just don't know exactly where the top is until Mrs. Market tells you she's put the top in. That's how you play umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What are we gonna make out of this? Second favorite market leading indicator, but they're at or around the old highs. So there's not a lot we can do with this information. Big strong day on Friday, narrow day today. It was a probe to new highs, don't close at a new high, that's it. We're not going to make a federal case out of that one. Similar routine over with the folks in Silicon Valley. High on the chart, extended from home base, little bit of a down day, four-tenths of 1%. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. It's just a red candle on a light-volume, quiet day, the day after a three-day holiday weekend. Are we going to make a federal case out of that? Absolutely not. We're going to move along. How about the financials on a breakout move? Why is that? Well, one reason is, other than more buyers and sellers, the financials are directly related or directly impacted to the movement in interest rates. So if interest rates are on the rise and bond prices are falling, and banks get a direct benefit down to the profit or down to the bottom line from a rise in interest rates. So if you have a flexible or an adjustable rate loan of any kind, and the bank is able to charge you more money because the price of your adjustable rate went up, they didn't do anything else for that money. So therefore, it's right to the bottom line. It goes right to profitability. So guess what? The banks benefit. They're in the loan business. They're in the fee business. When fees go up, profits go up. It's just that simple. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Don't let the red candle fool you. High on the chart, up day. Not big up day, just an up day. So we're not going to make anything of it other than to say, same routine once again, they're extended from home base. They're too high on the chart. They're going to have to come back to pay a visit and check in at home base at some point. Right now, it's a grind. We're looking for signs and signal of a change in character across the market. Maybe it happens this week. Maybe it happens next week. We don't know exactly what. We don't know exactly when. We were beginning to look this week, the third week in February. We're looking for a top. It's an awareness right now. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.